episode 19, God Wants You to Make an Impact. Welcome back to One Extraordinary Marriage, where we talk about life, love, and the pursuit of intimacy. You're here with Elisa DiLorenzo. And Tony DiLorenzo. And tonight we're going to talk about how God can use you to make an impact on the world. But first, as always, we catch up on our week. And I have to say, um, you know, we posted our question of the week. Tell us about your and your spouse's favorite desserts. And and I reread them as I was preparing the show notes for tonight. And one, I'm starving now. I, I think I would, you know, love to just be at a dessert buffet. <laughs> we should just bust out the fudge brownies and just pick on them while we're... <gasps> We haven't really eaten while we've done a podcast ever. No, that's because I have that whole, we talked about this last week because you wanted to, you wanted to tie it into our marriage minute Monday of making a dinner. Oh, that's right. And I got the whole, like, I don't want to be chewing food while I'm trying to talk to people on air. So yeah, I don't think we'll do that. Okay. It, it kind of makes me uncomfortable. However, there were a lot of yummy desserts um, that were mentioned in there. And I have to, I have to talk about my dad, Lou Torres, any of the, you that, follow us on Facebook. He actually had two posts and it cracked me up because he got into this. Yeah, well, the, the one thing is we said, what's your favorite dessert? <laughs> and he listed about 10. Well, but did you notice how creative he got in answering that? Because it was all of these like different classifications of desserts, you know? So you had your like favorite fast food dessert and your favorite, um, like way too much dessert. thought going into that. Well, and then I had to laugh because the very next post was also from my dad and he was talking about the dessert dessert. So like your almond joy, right? Bar. The dessert <laughs> after the dessert. So I, classic. Well, you know, it, it kind of gives me some clarity though on where I got my sweet tooth from. And I think I got my sweet tooth from you cause I wasn't a sweetie. Well, you were a sweetie. Yeah, but I wasn't a sweet eater. Yeah. I, I go through phases. We all do, but you know, so that was, that was just fun. And, you know, we look forward to every week to hearing your, res- hearing, reading your responses on, uh, on the Facebook We can hear page. them too. You can just call us. That's true. That is good. <laughs> you know, it's been such a long time since we've had somebody call us on the it caller, has been. on the caller feedback line. You know, the so eight- somebody step up this week, will you? 858-754-9937. We want to hear from you. I'd actually like to be able to say, Hey, we heard from somebody this week. That'd be cool. That would be cool. It's been a long time. It's been too darn long of a time. <laughs> so long. We Is can't anybody remember. out there listening to us or do we just talk to ourselves in the garage? Well, I think it's, we definitely do talk to ourselves in the garage. I'm just hoping that, you know, there are a few people out there actually listening. So and enjoying Well, Ron is Ron said he, he's listening. And I know Anita listens too. So we've, we've at least got two people. All right. Uh, that comment in and I know a handful of the rest of you do put comments up on the blog and and the podcast notes and things like that and we know all of you are out listening we're just we're having some fun with it tonight um we've we've shared with you I think last week we'd shared that we have a goal to have a thousand subscribers by the end of the year and we talked about how you know there's really only one way that can happen and so we're, we're having a little bit of fun with it tonight we've got about 150 of you as subscribers to our podcast. And thank you so much to each of you who do listen to us every week. Appreciate it. We love talking to you. Exactly. You know, it's even though it's just the two of us and us, you know, well, I will have to say that podcasting is one of the more fun things that we do. It, It really is. And, and if it was up to me and I think we'll be looking at this down the road is 
is tuning back on our actual writing, blogging, and doing more podcasting. Well, it's it's a different connection with people, I think. And we have uh, surprisingly found our voice uh, through the podcasting. I I was a very reluctant podcaster to start with. You were. And I was. You know, we've talked about it. Now we're on episode 19. We are on episode. Oh, my gosh. Next week will be 20. Holy cow. Maybe we'll do something for our 25th because that's like a quarter to the way of 100. We should. That sounds like an anniversary. You know, it like is. 25th, yeah. So we'll have to think about that. Maybe we'll do like some sort of giveaway or something on our 25th. Yeah, we could do that. We I don't know. Do something to think about. But interestingly enough. No, actually, we just need to remember that we said it in episode 19. trust me i'm sure if we get to episode 26 and we didn't do anything for episode 25 one of our faithful listeners will remind us and say hey how about somebody remind us before we get to the 25th maybe call in there you go (laughs) we bring it all back full circle you guys know you can reach us on the website at one extraordinary marriage.com and you can also email us directly at ask alisa at one extraordinary marriage.com or ask tony at one extraordinary marriage.com but the the comment that you know we started talking about with this whole podcasting thing and how i was a reluctant podcaster and it really ties into our topic tonight that you know in this crazy mixed up world of ours God wants you to make an impact and it's not the earth shattering stop the presses. There's, you know, news alerts going off. So-and-so made an impact in someone's life today. Right. I'm, I'm talking about the, Hey, you made someone's life better today. It doesn't get a billboard. Mm-hmm. It doesn't get, you know, front page press or, you know, the cover of time magazine or people or whatever magazine you love to read. It's someone is smiling a little bit brighter because of you. And, you know, podcasting for us has been a way for us to make an impact. Um, I think in some respects, unexpectedly for us. I don't know when we first started podcasting that we thought it was going to impact people's marriages like we have heard. Right. Um, no, I, I agree with you. I for for me podcasting was just a way to express ourselves and not in the written sense mm-hmm. not writing it down but for us just to talk and be ourselves and be honest and truthful with people and let them hear us instead of reading it because i think there's something to be said about hearing mm-hmm. the inflections and the emotions that happen and so when we did start podcasting that's what that's what I was looking at. I was like, hey, this is cool. To, it was new equipment. It's like, hey, it's new equipment. It's something to buy and something to, to play around with. Kind but of that whole gadget thing. The whole gadget thing, Got yeah. It. But um, where was I going with that? I just spaced it. Helped me along. Podcasting. It was new. Right. Get- so that was that. Okay. <laughs> Apparently that thought is gone. I lost that train of thought. Sorry. We're going to reel this episode back in. Um, I had actually received an email today. And in that email, there was this quote by Jill Todd, who was an attendee at a seminar that this person had gone to. And Jill had said, small acts done with great love can transform the world. And I want you guys to all think about that. You know, so often we think that if we're going to have an impact or if we're going to change the world, 
it's got to be big. And the reality is you can do so much more with the little things and the encounters that you have on a daily basis. And half the time, you probably aren't even aware of whose life you're impacting. Somebody that's watching you or listening to you. You know, this week has just been one of those weeks where we have repeatedly seen God's hand in our lives, using us either as the recipient Mm -hmm. of someone's influence or providing us with opportunities to help and impact another person's life. Yeah. And really this impact, this circle of impact or influence, whatever you choose to call it, it starts with those closest to you. It starts with your spouse. It starts with your family and then it spreads out into, you know, it's kind of that whole, you know, you throw a rock into the lake and you watch the ripples, the ripple effect, the ripple effect get bigger and bigger and bigger. And that's what happens with these small acts, these opportunities for God to use you as a tool to impact someone else's life in a way that you can't even imagine. Or you don't even know. Exactly. Which, you know, this past Tuesday I ran into somebody, actually our old neighbor, mm-hmm. Judy, at uh, Starbucks and really interesting just to give you guys a little background we haven't seen Judy for quite some time she got a divorce a couple of years ago went through some some tough times and got remarried and ended up moving north of town here Mm -hmm. but on Easter services Elisa and I were at our church the church at Rancho Bernardo here and we were a part of what's called a cardboard testimony, which is you write your testimony on a cardboard and then, so you say what you've gone through. So mine said 19 year addiction to pornography. And then when you flipped it over, pornography free because of him. And so we're, we're down in front of the stage and we're writing these out and we got the kids and Judy walks up and it sort of shocked both of us because one, we didn't know she was even a Christian. Right. And two, Judy holds a very special place in my life. And this is, this is how it transpired is the anger that I had towards Alex years ago after the death of Andrew really, it it came to full force. And one afternoon, Alex and I were having a, big argument. I mean, it was, it was pretty loud. There was slamming of doors and Alex and I were screaming at each other and he's crying and man, I I just, the anger within me was so bad. I mean, it was just, it was vile. Mm -hmm. And a couple days later, I remember just being in in our backyard and we live in a townhome. We don't have that big of a backyard. I mean, we got from our wall to our fences, all of 12 feet, feet. 13 feet. And so then, you know, you got to figure Judy's is another 13 feet from the fence to hers. So you can hear pretty much what's happening around our neighborhood fairly easily. And so a couple days later, I was in the backyard just doing some stuff. And I saw Judy and I said, hey, Judy, how you doing? No, good, good. And we were talking a little bit. And out of nowhere, I perceived it to be, she sort of said, hey, I've heard some screaming. And I go, yeah, Alex and I have been butting heads. And she just... She said to me, she goes, aren't you a Christian? And boy, did that hit me square between the eyes. Because 
here I was professing my faith as being this person who was righteous and holy and I was a mess. And so if it wasn't for Judy saying that, I really think the road to anger would have continued on. That was honestly a slap in the face by God to say, wake up, Tony. There are some issues within you that you need to focus on. And the only way you're going to get over them, if you succumb, succumb your life to me, kneel down before me and ask. And I'll show you the way, Tony, but you need to ask. And so I remember being at a, a service at church and it, it just struck me hard. Tears were flowing down my face and the pastor who, who, who spoke that day, Ken Ingold, uh, it, it just hit me hard. So I made it a point after that, that sermon to uh, speak to him and I sat down with him and he gave me a lot of great information. One of them was really diving into my Bible and, and specifically Ephesians uh, 6, mm-hmm. 10 through 18, the armor of God going a little deeper here, but that's what really helped me. So anyways, when we saw Judy at Easter service, this whole flood of emotion just hit me mm-hmm. because here it was this woman who honestly, I think saved me from a lot more hurt with Alex and saved me from the anger that was just just hardening my heart. And because we were doing the cardboard testimony and our kids were running around and I was trying to control all that and failing miserably as well, <laughs> I, I didn't get a chance to see her and talk to her, which, man, I, I wanted to see her afterwards. It was also really interesting because here's our old next-door neighbor and we're doing our cardboard testimony and I'm holding up. I had a 19-year addiction to pornography. So anyways, this past Tuesday, I was was at Starbucks in Rancho Bernardo waiting for another buddy, and Judy pops out of Starbucks. (laughs) And I saw her, and I'm like, hey, Judy, how are you? And we we sort of did some chit-chat, and I had had a moment to talk to her, and I I just said, hey, Judy, I want to say thank you. And she looked at me, and she said, "For, for what, Tony? What? I go, do you remember some years ago when Alex and I were screaming? And she goes, oh, I only heard you guys once. I'm like, oh, I'm sure you heard us more than that, Judy. I go, thank you for being very nice. but Selective memory. Yeah. I go, do you remember one day standing in the backyard and and asking me this question? Are you a Christian? And And she looked at me and she goes, no. She goes, Tony, I, I, I'm not, I wouldn't be that forward. She goes, you, you know, you've known me over the years. She's like, I, I pretty much stick to my own. I go, I go, yeah, I go, but something happened that day because you asked me and she was sort of perplexed because she doesn't remember it at all. Well, and like you said, it, it is and was very out of character for her, for what we knew of her. Right. You know, she'd always, you know, very much, very quiet neighbor, really did keep to herself. And the fact that she would kind of call you out point blank like that was like, whoa. Right. And, you know, it was just an interesting moment just to be there with her mm-hmm. because we sort of just looked at each other. And she goes, Tony, was the Holy Spirit working in me? I go, oh, yeah. I go, most definitely it was. Even if you don't know it or remember it, I go, you changed a life. 
And I just wanted to thank you for that because I use that when I talk to a lot of folks about the anger issues that I had. I go, you are one of those integral people that just slapped me in the face. You know, it was one of those moments when I'm getting all teary-eyed here because it's just, you know, it's one of those moments when you just go, you have no, you have no idea what God is doing, mm-hmm. you know, and, and it was, it was just cool. I, I didn't get all teary eyed around her, but <laughs> <laughs> I am for you He's guys. He's much more open with you guys. Um, but uh, it, it's just, it's amazing how God uses each of us if we know it or we don't. And that's what struck me so, so it, it was just such an impact this time. Because Judy had no clue. If I would have, if I didn't bring that up to her, she would have just been on her way and no, mm-hmm. no idea at all. But I, it was an impact in, in my life for sure. Well, and that's and that's what we're talking about tonight. We're talking about you know you don't know, you don't know when someone is watching you, or when someone's going to say that one thing that you know years later they have no clue. You know, Judy doesn't remember saying that to Tony, and mm-hmm. he was completely out of character. Holy Spirit, most definitely. There was God using this neighbor to say, you know what, Tony, you need to wake up. Mm-hmm. I, I want to change your life. A- and you need, you know, you needed an outside source to say, you know what? Who are you? Right. What are you doing? You know, and, and, and that's where those those circles of influence, that impact starts to happen, you know. Judy made that comment to Tony. It's changed who Tony is and how he deals with his anger. It's changed his relationship with Alex. It's changed our family. It was one sentence. Mm-hmm. Uttered probably three, four years ago. Probably three years ago. I think it was three, four years three, ago. Three, four years ago. Y- you know, what could you say to somebody today that might change their life? You know, we had an incident with Alex um, Friday afternoon. Something happened at school and my normal reaction, um, my typical reaction when one of the kids, you know, it's very rare that we get the you know the look from the teacher that we need to have a discussion or, or anything like that. And so this was one of those times. And, you know, if you remember ever being called out when you were a kid, you kind of get that like, oh, I'm in trouble with the teacher type of feeling. And that was mm-hmm. very much how I felt when she called me in and you know, we've become good friends with Alex's teacher and kind of explained the situation to me. And there were still a lot of kids milling around after school. So I just pulled Alex off to the side and, you know, very calmly, it was a very um, unusual moment for me because my typical reactions to fly off the handle, you know, I'm embarrassed. I, you know, I'm like, Oh, good grief. You know, what if we're getting in trouble and it's, you know, it's a reflection of me. And this was one of those times where I was just like, you know what? I need to make this a safe place for Alex. Is that because you've been reading Bo's cafe? Um, possibly I, it, that never, like that didn't go through my head. It wasn't like, Oh, I need to, to make this, you know, it wasn't a conscious decision. Let's put it that way. Right. But I'm saying how you, use your explosion or your the way you get upset to control the situation oh i would say that that's typically true yeah that's typically true but that's 
another podcast. Okay. We're not going to go into that tonight. All right. Um, so I was, I was very calm and, you know, just allowed Alex. I said, you know what? I need you to tell me what's going on. And there were some tears and, and it wasn't like, you know, stop crying. You know, just tell, it was very much like, okay, honey, you know what? We're going to go, we're going to talk to your teacher and we're going to walk through, you know, we're going to work through this. Mm-hmm. I, I need to get the full story because I didn't feel like I had the whole story. And so we had a really good conversation with his teacher and we had walked. And so I walked home and it was still very much, you know, just explaining some of the consequences of his decisions. And, you know, it's kind of a weird conversation to have with your first grader. Yeah. And it's not like he's, you know, suddenly going down. He made a poor choice. That's all. That's all it was. Um, but he's starting to learn some of these life lessons. And it was very important to me. And I explained it to his teacher that we create a safe place where he can come and tell her his side of the story, knowing that she's at least going to listen mm-hmm. to him and not, you know, automatically jump to the conclusion of the reporting party, you know, that we have a safe place here where we will, you know, we will make our own judgment, but we're going to listen to his side of the story. We want to hear the facts from his point of view. And so it was, it was again, very unusual for me to have this reaction. Right. Although when we got on the phone after that, that was, that was a, bit annoyed because you didn't want to say anything he's all i could hear him in the background sort of huffing and puffing and i was sort of discouraged because all i could hear was oh when when you get home you can talk to alex and i wanted to talk to him there or find out from you what had happened i eventually told you yeah but i had to prod it out of you that was pretty annoying part of it was you know part of it was you called when we were walking home and so there was no way to force him to take the phone from me. I mean, I couldn't say, you know what? You have to talk to your dad. No, I understand that. But when I was asking you what had happened, you're like, well, because well, you he didn't home. want me to tell you. And I wanted him to tell you. Um, mm. No. If he hadn't told you, I would have told you. I did tell you. I know. It was just that was the only thing that just sort of frustrated me. Yeah. I, I was just having a long day at work. I knew I was going to get home late. I knew as soon as I got home, you're going to have to jam. Right. And, and, and actually it worked out on that day that I was not super late, but I was late. We had to meet up somewhere, switch the kids, and then you take off. So it was just... It was just a culmination of events as far as that goes. Sure. I, I think it would have just been better if you would have just said, hey, this is what happened and we could have moved on. Instead, we ended up having to spend like 30 minutes on the phone. Okay. Well, next time I will handle that differently okay okay we're talking about the impact on alex though well it impacted (laughs) me as well because i was i was frustrated because i couldn't figure out what was going on and usually when something like that happens i want to know what's happening so i can process it so when i do get home i'm not just hit over the head right you know it, it makes it a little easier for me to walk into the door understand what's already happened but i've already had an hour or so to process it so i know when i come through the door how i'm going to deal with alex and in this case i had alex in the car and i had to talk to him on the way home that the timing thing at the end of the day was not so good what timing thing at the end of the day was that so are you saying that that was not so good that you had him in the car to talk to him no 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 that that was fine i'm just saying i'm glad we you finally told me what was happening. That way I could discuss with him mm-hmm. and I already had my thoughts formulated 
So when I talked to him, I knew what we were doing. Right. So that's all. I'll do better next time. Okay. And we don't, again, we don't have too many of these. No. Circumstances. And so it's kind of a new place experience for us all around, mm-hmm. you know, and it actually, I think led into what happened later that night, which was the fact that, you know, I did come home from my jewelry show and, um, you expressed that you were having a lot of anxiety. Right. And well, what had happened is that I wanted to do our first video blog about this and talk about the impact it was having in our marriage as well, because we were having to discuss it and we really had to, even though I was frustrated with that phone call and I had to sort of coax this information out of you, we were able to at least spend some time together and discuss it and how that was, that really allowed us to connect in our intellectual intimacy. Mm-hmm. I mean, we, we, we had to connect. So I wanted to do this video blog talking about that. Well, what ended up happening is when I went into Alex's room and read to him and everything, Alex was asking me about the video and I said, oh, I did a video about what happened today. And he burst out crying. And, and I, I go, Alex, what's wrong? And he was just like, dad, you told me that when that during when we were driving that when this was just between us and I had totally forgot about that busted yeah so all of a sudden I'm going oh my gosh dude what did you just do I mean my whole thing when I was talking to him in the car was Alex whatever you say is between you and I there is a trust that we have together that whatever you whatever happens I'm a safe place for you. So all of a sudden this whole thing's running through my head. Like, Oh my gosh, I just posted this up there. I need to get down. I need to get down now. So I told him, I'm like, Alex, good night. I love you. I'm getting it all down right now. And so I I ran back out here to the garage and deleted everything. Maybe four or five people saw it. So. But with that, when I come home, you're when Tony gets stressed, his stomach bothers him. And so, and you know, that's where he bottles all of his anxiety. And so I come home and, you know, he's laying in bed and he's like, I need you to, I need you to pray for me. Yeah. And this is an area of our married life that is a work in progress. I think, I think we're definitely getting better at asking for prayer. Yeah. And voicing our anxieties. You are much better at it than I am. Um, But this was an opportunity for me to be a prayer warrior for you. Mm-hmm. You know, you told me about this Friday night. We really talked about it. Um, and I could really sense and hear in your voice that this breach of trust with Alex that you had done, you know, unintentionally was really eating at you. Right. Well, and you knocked it out of the park because my integrity is everything. It's, it's what I base who I am. Mm-hmm. It's my integrity. It's, it's what I bring into business. It's what I bring into one, you know, it's my integrity. And so knowing that I had breached that with Alex, it really made me think about what I was doing and what I can share with our community and what shouldn't be shared. Mm-hmm. And so yeah, that was that was a big one. And on top of it, it was just 
so it was all of that and then it's just the the book coming to its final completion Mm -hmm. is is stressing me out a lot so yeah so i thank you for allowing me to pray for you i appreciate and to do you know to be to be that intercessor on your behalf to just say you know what god he he needs strength and you know needs to feel that comfort and just calm him down right because there are a lot of irons in the fire right now and and i'll tell you it wasn't easy coming to you telling you this either i mean it took me a little while to think this through when you were still away and the kids were were both in bed to go okay what am i going to do i mean i I would been praying just to ease my anxiety Mm -hmm. and I, i was just like do i tell her do i not should i should i not well, and the funny thing was, is that I had, I saw the, cl- I didn't actually play the clip, but when I came home, I was on your computer, just, you know, like I'd come in and I was just checking my email. But what the first thing I saw was just the, the still of the image mm-hmm. and it said speeding ticket up at the top. And I'm like, huh, he was busy while, <laughs> while I was at work tonight. And so, you know, I saw it there yeah. and I didn't play it. Um, and I'm glad I didn't because now it's just, it's gone and I don't know yeah you know and that's good because then it's not even your you know i don't have that breach of trust you've been able to erase it from everybody yeah and you know that's that's one of those ways you know you can be a prayer warrior and impact someone's life you can pray for comfort for peace for strength you any of those those characteristics, those qualities that somebody's missing in their life or is in desperate need of, that is a way on a daily basis that you can impact people's lives. That's right. You know, my dad, going back to my dad, um, and you'll probably see this on some of the Facebook posts, signs everything, take care and God bless. We've talked about blessing before. That is a daily prayer of his. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, we, we know people that are prayer warriors that spend significant amount of time. You have, you know, there's a friend of yours that they, he and his wife spend time each morning in devotional, mm-hmm. praying for friends, praying for people that they know and those people's needs. Yep. And I can, I can call them any day and just ask them. I, I, I just tell them, Hey, can you put this on your list and please pray? Exactly. And I know he's going to do it. It's just he's he and his wife are one of those couples that they just do that, and it's it's a blessing to have them in my life. If you are a prayer warrior, thank you. Heck if yeah. you know a prayer warrior, consider yourself blessed because they are probably praying for you on a regular basis mm. and impacting your life in ways that you don't even know. That's right. You know, and yes, you know, so while this was going on t- with Tony, Friday was a big day for us. I just realized all of this actually happened Friday, Thursdays and Friday um, because I actually had an opportunity to meet with a woman. Uh, I guess it was Thursday right. that I met with her and you know, we were talking about some opportunities for her life and it was one of those times where I was so conscious of God using me and of being in the right place at the right time and keeping my agenda in check you know, and being able to just sit and have a genuine conversation where it wasn't about me. 
Right. And I remember calling you after going, I, I, I got it right today. I really felt like I was able to feel the prompting of the Holy Spirit in terms of when to keep my mouth shut, when to make suggestions, and when to just present an opportunity or to you know discuss options with her with her to say you know what this might be a way to make a change mm-hmm. and you know here are your options here's what you can choose to do and you can do it in your own time frame right you know would i like you to use my time frame absolutely did i say that this time no and i just you know i was like oh my gosh this conversation was not about me And I was aware of that, which I think is, you know, the second part of that equation. Sometimes you just need to be a sounding board for people to talk out what they need to talk about. You know, we need to keep quiet, (laughs) forget about our own agendas, forget about our own schedules and timeframes and just say, you know what? This person needs an ear. Right. They need to explore what their options are and they've probably got it all in their head already. They just need someone who is willing to place value on them as a person to put value on what they have to say. And that's all I did. I sat there and said, you know what? This woman has value. She is a daughter of God. And what I can do for her today is to sit here and be a friend Mm -hmm. and listen and just check all my stuff at the door. And it was a crazy experience because I can be very self-centered. I know it. Yeah. I'm probably not alone in the listening audience. Um, but when we, when we feel that prompting, when we heed that prompting to just, you know, be quiet and let it be about the other person, it is amazing what that conversation is like Mm -hmm. when you just let, you know, like I could just see her kind of blossom. You know, it was like a 45 minute conversation and the woman that she was when she walked in amazingly enough or interestingly enough, we were at Starbucks too. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Starbucks, eh, you know, it's the meeting place. The amazing things that happen there. Um, But watching her transform. That would be a cool book. The amazing things that happen at Starbucks told by God. (laughs) <laughs> are you now writing God's story? No. Okay. Just no. checking. Um, yeah. And if somebody needs a title for a book, apparently Tony's got it. So run with it, run with it because we're still finishing up this book. Um, but again, going back to how we opened, you know, God wants you to be an impact in this world. And sometimes you'll never know it. Exactly. Like Tony said, Judy would not have known Sometimes you will never know it. And that is sometimes a reason for many of us not to do anything mm. because like Elisa opened up, you know, we want all the kudos. We want the, the slaps on the backs and the hugs and the, the high fives. But some of the biggest impacts happen when you don't even know it. You know, and with that, you know, as we start to wrap up, Um, this episode, I want you all to think about how you can be an impact this week, how you can change somebody's life, how you can do something without any expectation of recognition. 
you know, whether it's letting the person in Costco get out first, because obviously they're in a hurry. And while you might want to cut them off, you just say, you know what? Have a good day. Mm-hmm. Or it's seeing the homeless person and you've got an extra banana in your car and you roll down your window and you hand them a banana. Right. Or it's taking the extra five minutes because your daughter wants to play Barbies. And while you really don't want to play Barbies right now, you know that nothing would make her happier than five minutes of your time with the Barbie dolls and the tiny little microscopic shoes that the Barbies wear, you know. Or the 15 minutes of weave like Alex and I love to do. Right. You know, all of these things, it's praying for somebody. You know, you get a prompting. All of a sudden you start thinking about somebody. Mm-hmm. Pray for them. Maybe right at that very Heck, moment. Pray for your spouse. Pray for your spouse. You know what? I mean, that's a big thing that you can do each and every day. If you don't pray together, you can pray with your spouse. And Elise and I will tell you, and we'll be the first to tell you that we don't pray every day together. Mm-hmm. But I will tell you that I do pray for Elisa every day. Well, and th- this is something I think we both do because if I get a nudge, you know, like there are just times when I think about you during the day and, you know, it could be just a quick, you know, God watch over him right now. Mm-hmm. You know, it happens, tends to happen a little more when you're on your bike. I get those nudges. Um, And that could be because I don't necessarily trust drivers like myself when you're out on your bike. Um, But whenever you think about somebody, it's an opportunity for prayer. And it could just be, you know, a one-liner. Hey, God, I'm thinking about Susie Smith. Mm -hmm. I'm thinking about, you know, Tom, Bob, Larry, whoever. Pray for them. Mm-hmm. Pray for them. You have the power to impact somebody's life. And the question is, will you do it? Will you take the opportunities presented to you to make it not be about you, but about those around you? And I think a big thing is, is following God's lead. Mm-hmm. And that is very tough for a lot of us, me included. Likewise. You know, that's that's the big question we have to ask ourselves and we have to overcome is are we willing to follow God's lead and see what happens and sometimes just like Judy you don't even know if it's going to come out of your mouth or how it comes out but the Holy Spirit prompted her she spoke up and she changed the life you can too Mm -hmm. there are opportunities presented to you every single day and it's a matter of being open to them and being willing to to take that step. To act on them. To act on it. Yeah. That's the big thing. Act. To put your foot out in front of the other foot and make a move in the forward direction. Mm-hmm. And you know, gosh, I'm just I'm just thinking about one. And this was a pipe dream, you know, a year ago less than a year ago, this was a big old pipe dream of ours to, Hey, you know what? Maybe we could do something in the marriage ministry world and impact lives. Maybe we could write a book. Maybe we could write a book. (sighs) And to tell you the truth, guys and gals, it's, it was us taking the step of faith going, there's a need. God, we see it. You're showing it to us, but we had to act on it. And has it been tough at times? Sure thing. 
Has it been glorious and amazing at times? Sure thing. Is it stressful at times? Yes. Especially with this book coming out for me, this is this is a stressful moment and time period. And I'm going to elaborate on why it is. And a lot of it has to do is the book comes out and we get it into your hands and I'm all ready for the, the positive feedback. It's that negative feedback that, <laughs> that, that just, that were realistic. I mean, I, you know, not everybody's going to love strip down what we have to say right? or I how we say it. I understand that. But in my, in my eyes and, and in my head, everything that I do, I do with quality and the utmost integrity and, you know, it's just being ready to hear that mm-hmm. and, and and take it for what it is. Corrective. Constructive. Constructive. Thank you. Criticism. It and could be corrective too, depending cor- on what it is. <laughs> and just going, it's cool because I, I still know God will be making a difference in people's lives. Well, and this, you know, Tony and I were talking about this the other night. Um, writing a book is a big dream for a lot of people. And so as you take that step of faith and you actually put your words down on paper and you, by the time you guys are listening to this, um, we will have received the final proofs mm-hmm. and you know, it, it's, it's the culmination of a dream that I would venture to say a lot of you probably have. There are lots of unwritten books right, on computers, in people's minds and you know, we're heck. I just got asked that question on Friday. What question about the book and how did we do it and how much did it cost to do like the design work oh, okay. and the editing and all of that from a guy that I, I do business with. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. It's really cool. It's, but it's a big deal mm-hmm. writing a book and you know, it, it's one of those things too. Um, those of you that are authors that have written anything, even if it's not published, you know that your words are very precious to you. Mm-hmm. And it's it's one of those things where we're kind of offering them up right. with the intention. And we've seen a lot of it in our small group. Our small group has been giving us a tremendous amount of feedback. Um, they have been invaluable. And for all of you that haven't read the book yet, they are helping to make the book better. With just well, the, they, can't, they haven't read the book yet, honey. It's not out there. Right. We okay. have a handful of people other than our small <laughs> sli- group. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> See, <laughs> I, I'm already anticipating that you're all going to want to read it. And there's only a few, it, right. and there's only a few of you that haven't read it, but you know, um, few of you who have read it. Right. That's what I meant. Okay. Yeah. But, it, it's not out there yet, babe. but they're helping to, you know, tweak part of the small, the small group study guide. Right. They're really being a very helpful resource to us. Right. And, and, and for you guys who are, looking forward to reading this and offering it up as a small group in your church. There, there are a lot of what we're seeing in the small group is that there is a lot of potential for this and that the book does work well in a small group setting. Yeah. There's a lot to be gained from couples sharing openly about their marriages in yep. a safe environment. Um, and that's, that's what we've really seen. Mm-hmm. that's been happening. Yeah. I think we're going on week four. Yeah, we are going it, to, it'll be an eight week study. Um, but you know, so these, you know, these things are coming fast and furious, but even still, you know, when we, you know, the first week that we, you know, gave this 
well, we gave everybody the book the first week and then the second week they'd had, you know, they'd read the first two chapters. And it, so it was that like, there was anxiety even going into that second oh, yeah. week. Oh, yeah. Going, what are they going to say? Are, are they going to say anything? Are they just going to tell us it's... The conversation's been awesome. Junk. And we've been pleasantly <laughs> relieved and, you know, quite happy that while we're getting, you know, constructive feedback, there have been a lot of, there's been a lot of laughter. There's been a lot of head nodding because we're just a normal couple talking about marriage like we talk about to you guys once a week. That's how we've written our book. Yep. And, you know, there's nothing. We're not this perfect married couple. And you guys know that. There is no such thing as a perfect married couple. Mm-hmm. You know, that's an illusion. If anybody's got the perfect marriage, that's an illusion. Because we are imperfect beings trying to live with another <laughs> imperfect being. And make it work. And make it work. And <laughs> again, that's where that whole prayer thing comes in really handy. Right. But, you know, there's that's where a lot of the anxiety I think will come from, from the two of us yeah. in the next couple of weeks is this actually, we finalize the book. The well, book a lot of it, a lot of it is too, is just, it's getting it out there, mm-hmm. you know, and for all of you who are listening and obviously don't live in the San Diego area, Elise and I have already been talking about doing an online training or an online small group where it would be the eight week study that we've been doing at our church, but it's going to be all online. So there's a lot of cool stuff that we're, what's that? Are we going to talk about the seven day challenge? We can talk about the seven day challenge too. Real quick. It's you know, yeah. Um, you want to talk about it? Sure. Uh, what are the dates on that though? Oh, I'll look that up while you start talking about okay. it. Okay. So as many of you know, we did our 60 day challenge and out of the 60, we did 40 days of sex. And then last June, we did a seven day challenge, which was leading up to our yearly marriage retreat. And so this year we're going to do it again. And here's the catch. We want you to join us. So starting on June 6th, all the way to June, one, two, three, four, five. Okay. So June 6th to to June 12th, we want you to join us for the seven day challenge. And that is being physically intimate, sexually intimate with your spouse. And I'm going to put a blog posting up there where you can sign up and say that you're in. And we're giving you guys plenty of time to think this over, talk it over with your spouse. I'm telling you, this is going to be an amazing time for you guys to be on board with us. And our goal is, is to help you guys to to connect physically, but more so than that, to actually really start digging deep into your emotional and and your intellectual intimacies, recreational intimacy, really diving into these other forms of intimacy while you are having sex every night. Yes, you talk, you know, it's what we've been talking about tonight. How do you have an impact on your world? Well, your world is, you know, as big as the earth and as small as your marriage. So how do you have an impact on your marriage? Consider taking us up on the seven day challenge and see what committing to your spouse, what committing to putting your spouse first, what kind of impact that would have on your marriage. 
Yeah. Doing that for one week. We're not asking you to do anything crazy like our 60 days. No. But seven days, I'm going to tell you, it's going to be awesome. We're going to hopefully be uh, posting a blog, a video, or a podcast each day. Mm -hmm. We will have stuff going on on Facebook. And what we really want from you guys, if you're joining in on with us on this, is to be an encouragement to others in the one community. Elisa and I lead busy lives just like you do, but with all of us together encouraging and helping each other through this, we're going to make it and we're going to make an impact in our marriages. And I think a lot of us after this are going to just go out there and go, oh my gosh, there were a hundred couples doing this. You know, for a week, we were a part of a group of people, a hundred couples that were doing this. And the impact it had on our marriage was amazing. And the impact it had on other marriages that we connected with via Facebook or on oneextraordinarymarriage.com was amazing. So think it over, discuss it with your spouse. When you see the blog post, make sure you sign up there and we're going to go from there. But seven days starting June 6th through June 12th. And, uh, you know, as you do start to discuss this with your spouse, if you want to call in and share some early thoughts Mm -hmm. with us, we'd love to hear, you know, and even play those uh, on the podcast as we start leading up into, into June. Really, it's only about a month away about five weeks away from that. But plenty of time to... Plenty of time to talk about it, to work out the details. Um, You know, you guys know from hearing us, I mean, if somebody was very sick, that was an excused absence. If somebody was traveling... We'll have that all up on the blog. Yeah, I mean, we'll include that. But we'd love to hear... We'd love to hear your early thoughts, you know, so don't hesitate to give us a call. The number is 858-754-9937 or, you know, shoot us an email. You can always, you can contact me at askalisa at oneextraordinarymarriage.com. Or ask Tony at oneextraordinarymarriage.com. You know, we'd love to hear what you're thinking just even about this idea. Yeah. Um, or, you know, what we talked about tonight. You know, how, how can you make an impact? How did you make an impact this week? That's right. Um, you know, it, it's being a part of this community allows us to draw on the strength from each other and on the ideas of one another. And you guys are a wealth of information and a tremendous resource to everybody else that listens to everybody that gets on Facebook to everybody that, you know, comments on the blogs and the podcasts and you don't realize the impact that you are having on everyone in this community. Yep. It is it is mind-blowing what's happening in marriages because you are a part of this community. Mm-hmm. What you are doing in your own marriage and how you are helping others. So you are having an impact. Yep. For God and in his world. Yep. And that is something that is incredibly precious to us. It is. It is and we thank you guys for for all that you do. So a couple of last minute or last uh, minute items here. Please subscribe. Get your friends and family to subscribe. If you're enjoying the Marriage Minute Monday newsletter, please pass that on to your friends and family. We are having a great response to that and we thank you guys. You guys, you have a good week. Love you guys. 